as part of um, leaving school at 16, I was also, uh, it was suggested that I actually leave home at 16 as well. My, my, my dad passed away two or three years ago and, um, and I looked at it, I thought I spent a lot of time, I probably spent a lot of time as an angry kid, um, but, or you know, angry, teens and 20s or whatever as an angry person, but you can look at it two ways. You can either say, was, was he being exceptionally harsh? Well, I'm sure he was at times. Uh, or was he suggesting, did he see something in me that suggested that maybe I would be better off forging my own route in life? Um, I'd rather, um, I'm at peace with thinking it was the latter. Mm. Uh, with the row particularly, you know, there's some times you just, when you're just in your thoughts. I've put at peace the fact that I don't need to challenge myself, not don't have to challenge myself anymore, but prove myself. And, and, and I remember sort of um, saying to myself, um, if that's not effing good enough for people now, then I really don't care. What's your one rule for living a fulfilled life? Can I give you two? You can. The first one is actually from that 12 Rules to Life. And that is judge yourself from the person that you against the person you were yesterday, not who someone else is today. And that's and that's one. And then the second thing is give more than you take. I believe everyone has a story to tell. Through seeking true, authentic insights about the entrepreneurial journey, I provide a platform for our peers to share their stories and inspire those that listen. This is the County Business Talks podcast, produced by H2 Productions. Okay, welcome to another episode of the County Business Talks podcast. My guest this week is the creator and CEO of Sales Enabler. He's a sales enablement expert with, with a variety of sales-related businesses spanning three decades. He's a speaker, mentor, non-executive director, Ironman, channel swimmer, and most recently, to add to the repertoire, rode the Atlantic Ocean. I'm delighted to welcome the inspirational Matt Garman to the podcast. Matt, how you doing, mate? I'm very well, thank you very much, and well, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, mate, listen, amazing to have you on. It was so strong. At the time of recording this, we a few days after the Wolo Foundation ball, um, and um, where you presented them with a cheque of £42,500, I believe, for, for doing that, which is, mate, absolutely incredible um, achievement. Yeah, we've, um, yeah, that was, uh, it's quite strange, actually, because I've known, known, known them for a long, long time. Um, yeah, we, we've we've ended up raising about eighty five thousand or something. So we're raising money for Wolo um, and also Prostate Cancer UK. Um, there's still some money dribs and drabs coming in as well. So yeah, we gave them a check for forty two and a half thousand on Saturday, and it's just um, it's mind boggling really because yeah. it's a lot of money and something we're really really proud of. Yeah, it should be. Mate. And look, and we're going to get into the into the, the, the row and stuff a little bit later. But look, we're going to we're going to just jump straight in and kick things off. So look, just start start your story off. Tell me about what sort of life was like growing up for you. Something about those sort of early years has shaped, I guess, who you, who you are today. I suppose everyone's got a story. Um, I'm That's the, the tagline, mate. Yeah. Everyone has a story yeah. to tell. Oh, Here right. we go. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, the, I'm the middle child, uh, three three boys. Uh, we grew up in the Midlands. 
Um, Dad was from Yorkshire, Mum was from Sussex. Um, I, I think we moved to Seaford when I was about 11. Uh, I think there was a bit more opportunity further down south for the family. So, um, yeah, very. I come from a very academic family, and I suppose that was probably the start of uh, me realising I'm a little bit different. Dad was a consulting engineer. Um, Mum's a high-level music teacher. Older brother's a doctor of mathematics. Younger brother's a doctor of horticulture. And um, and I think I got a f- sort of 25-metre swimming badge. I think that was about <laughs> the end of it. So, no, I felt... Um, I did, uh, all joking aside, um, middle one. So I'm not the firstborn, not the baby. Um, yeah, uh, uh, it, it, happy, happy, happy childhood. Very, very sporting. I suppose when I got to my uh, got to my teens, early teens, um, I probably realised I was a little bit different. Okay. <laughs> and, and, not all, and, not all, and not all and not all not all you know not all in good you know. It, it, so from like from an academic point of view, then not as academic as you. you I was I was I would describe myself as bright yeah. um, and sharp, but I just wouldn't I just wouldn't I, I was one of those kids in the class and. I spoke. I said a f- said it a few times to people. I was one of those kids in the class, and I was kind of middle of the road, slightly below. But I just didn't, I didn't concentrate on the on the exams bit. So I was kind of middle of it. Most of the middle classes. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in the slow lot. I wasn't in the fast lane. I was kind of middle of the road. Um, and I was one of those kids where you know the teacher would be saying something, and and you know a couple of minutes later I'd grasp it. Mm-hmm. I've got it now. Yeah, got it. Yeah. But by that time, they've moved on to another subject or another stage in the lesson. Yeah. And I was, so yeah, no, I'm kind of middle of the road, but but always quite chirpy. And but I just didn't, I didn't concentrate on my exams and didn't put enough effort in there. Do you, do you think, like looking back at the school, I think like just didn't engage with the curriculum the way it it was then, or I think school. I mean, I go back to the. I go back to my children's school and they go to the school I went to and it's chalk and cheese. Yeah. So it, it, it's completely different. I think we had there's some teachers that I really liked yeah. and I really looked up to. There's some other teachers probably um, that I just didn't, you know, you, you didn't kind of warm to for one mm. reason or not warm to. I didn't dislike anyone, um, but you didn't feel quite as engaged in their subjects. There were some some teachers, very passionate teachers, and you engaged in the subject. Um, and I think I feel that certainly looking at my children's stuff, it's a lot more. There's obviously so much more focus on the achievements and the and the getting the exam grades and all this sort of stuff. So, I I, I, I hats off to teachers. They do an incredible job. It's not something I can do, mm. um, and the pressures that you get as well. So, um, but I it's. I just drifted along a little bit. If I'm being all together, and I drifted, I, I had two interests at school. One was going fishing with, you know, going fishing on the beach at Seaford, yeah. and the next thing was playing rugby with my friends as well. And that was about the long and the short of it. But any sport would have been good. Okay. So what? What's that? Did, was there an ambition when you were younger? Did you ever? an idea of what you wanted to do for work was there uh, other than playing rugby? I guess. But what, what, was there was there a real passion? I. I mean, I'm 53 this year, and I've got, I've got to be honest with you, Sam. I, I honestly don't. I say to it, I, I say it. I'm not joking, and I say it to my kids. I, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. I really don't. Um, I, 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 if you know, I did the. Um, I got to the end of school, did some exams. I think I, I think I've got a maths O level somewhere. If I'm being honest with you, yeah. so it wasn't a complete. Well, it probably depends on you, what you're 
scoring rate was. Um, but no, I, I, um, we got, we finished, uh, we finished in May when I was sixteen. Uh, a week later, I got myself a job as a tea boy on a trawler in New Haven. Nice. So, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I went off and basically made tea and gutted fish for a while. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> How long did you do that for? Uh, I ended up doing it for just under, just under five years out of, oh, on a boat wow, in New Haven. And, um, yeah, it taught me a lot. taught me a lot about myself. Um, it was outdoors. Uh, some of it was fun. Some of it was less fun. Um, it was. A, I never thought it was going to be me for, forever sort of yeah. thing. Um, but there were two things that happened. I, I bought my first. I bought my first flat um, when I was nineteen. Wow. Okay. Um, and I remember walking into the estate agent with a, a, what was a Safeways bag full of cash at the time, which is money I'd saved in my bedsit <laughs> for the deposit for the flat. So um, I bought my first flat at 19 when it was, uh, if anyone's old enough to remember, 14 and a quarter percent interest rates. Wow. So pretty early on into me buying a flat and going into negative equity, I realised that um, it might not have been the greatest decision and I needed to find uh, some, uh, some steady income. Uh, and the second thing was one of the guys on that uh, tied up on one of the other boats in the harbour, he was, he was killed on deck on a boat. Wow. And um, and at 21, I just you know other pressures and stuff like that. I just thought, you know what, I need to probably go and do something different. Yeah. The challenge you have then is is um, with next to no qualifications is what to do. So um, I was in the White Lion pub in Seaford with a mate of mine one evening, and um, he was a milkman with a co-op. He used to be a, uh, he was employed, and then he was moaning the fact that they just um, they just franchised all the rounds. And I said, well, so what? He said, well, you see, that, what that means, he said, they've, I've got to buy the franchise and I lose on my, I'm self-employed now, so I lose on my holiday. And I said to him, and I'm bearing in mind I'm looking to get out of fishing, I said, well, it can't be that difficult. How many there are you? So that evening, that evening we came up with an idea where I was going to, I set up a rotor system where uh, we got nine milkmen that were on the franchisees, and I set up a rotor that evening. So they got four <laughs> weeks holiday, five, they get four or five weeks holiday a year, they, which was basically what they got there when they were employed. And, um, and I got some steady money for, a, for a, what was a couple of years until That's I just it. got a bit bored with it all. And um, yeah, and I was actually, I was mail shotted by a life insurance company come and, uh, come and run your own business. Uh, without the overheads and I wasn't bright enough to work out at the time that that sort of meant um, commission only selling life insurance and that was wow. my first um, foray into um, into sales I suppose oh, okay. sorry that's a long convoluted no, no, answer no not at all not at all no, it's, but I actually want to before we go into the sales bit then I just want to go what because you mentioned offline that you Obviously, your older brother is a doctor of mathematics and stuff, yeah. and your younger brother as well. Yeah, has gone down. What, what, what did what was your mum and dad's thoughts about going and doing the fishing? What? Not great. I've got to be honest with you, Sam. Not great. Um, and something I kind of moved over, and I'm I'm happy to be. I mean, I, I was. It was pretty clear that I wasn't going to go down the route that uh, my folks um, wanted me to go. You know, or you know, had aspirations for. Um, so yeah, as part of as part of um, leaving school at sixteen, I was also uh, it was suggested that I actually leave home at sixteen as well, which um, I suppose that's that's uh, 
that's a tough one that people would people say oh, that's a tough one but I don't know my, my, my dad passed away two or three years ago and um, and I looked at it I thought I spent a lot of time I probably spent a lot of time as an angry kid um, but or you know angry, teens and 20s or whatever as an angry person but you can look at it two ways you can either say was was he being exceptionally harsh well I'm sure he was at times uh, or was he suggesting did he see something in me that suggested that maybe I would be better off forging my own route in life um, I'd rather um, I'm at peace with thinking it was the latter mm. um, and um, and I feel pretty comfortable having I haven't always felt comfortable about it but I feel comfortable with that and um, and I actually said at his uh, said at his funeral that I think that was a I'd like to think that was a masterstroke I feel good with it now anyway right fair enough but mate, thanks for sharing I, I get, like, uh, through that period though like would, you had a good relationship though with you then like after that was suggested that you moved out was there ever, or was that a yeah it was always <coughs> it was always um hey i knew it was different yeah. i knew it was different from my brothers they obviously went to uni and obviously they've done very very well which is great um no we 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 it was fraught at times um i suppose always always speak to each other i think there's a period well there was a period when dad was working away um overseas for a bit where we probably didn't talk much but um, no, I'm, I'm, I felt I was different, but but in the same breath, um, never real, never real animosity. I think if anything else, it was just maybe a few things that I got in my head that oh, angry kid, I've got to, you know that's maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm not good enough, um, yeah. and maybe that's what's inspired. I think that's probably what's pushed me and inspired me to, you know, it's like almost like well, I'll bloody show you kind of thing. And I think that's yeah. I think I've I've. Um, I spent a lot of time just sort of pr- probably trying to, in a wrong way, in an unhealthy, unhealthy way, trying to uh, trying to make up for uh, for what I felt was not good, and and uh, in, in trying to do other things. Yeah. And then what what about like with, with, with your brothers? What are that relationship like? Are you, are you all closest, the three of you, or? Yeah, I oh, know we're we're we're, um, we're close. We're having we're having dinner in a couple of weeks' time. Everyone's coming around to my place, and all the families and children and stuff like that. No, we're we're all good. I mean, I think I think um, it's quite. I seem I remember a particular meal we had a long, long time ago, and 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 um, it's quite interesting. So so my older brother's um, very very well qualified, done some great stuff. Very very clever guy. He was one of those kids that took his maths O level when he was about six or something like you know one of those ones sort of thing he was, yeah, it, was yeah, yeah. it wasn't six but you know <laughs> yeah, whenever yeah, it was yeah, it felt yeah, like yeah, he was yeah. about six <laughs> and um you know so he was amazing at all that sort of stuff and David David had a passion for for plants and and, and stuff like that and got into you know he's done some great stuff um but no they always sort of took the mickey out of me and you know they've they've all got sort of letters after the name and it was quite funny I remember one lunch they uh they suggested a few letters after my name as well but anyway it didn't go anywhere <laughs> <laughs> but, um, not the ones that I would have wanted, <laughs> I expect. <suspect, but. laughs> but but today, like like now, we've like just where where we are right now. Maybe go back obviously a, a couple of years prior to your dad sort of passing away. Like all the stuff you have achieved in business and you have a challenges, you know, the channel and Iron Man and things like that. Did they look at that now differently? To like you said, oh, always a little bit different. But did they look at that? Did he? Did you get the feeling that he was really proud of you, what you've achieved? Did he say that? Or what, what, where? Yeah, I think I think so. I think so. Um, 
all joking aside, I think Dad sort of became my, my probably my biggest fan yeah, um, last five years or so of his life. Um, yeah. Um, and it's interesting because um, with the row, I mean, that we can talk about that, but I mean, that I've done the other bits and pieces and done okay in business, um, sold a couple of businesses, but, but um, with the row particularly, you know, there's some times you just when you're just in your thoughts. And um, I remember one particular night rowing, it was a dark old night, um, we were doing all right. Um, it was to start. Sometimes you listen to music. Sometimes you listen to audio books, and mm. and we work, we we worked a shift pattern. So we were um, one person uh, rowing at night. We dropped down to one rower, and uh, and I was just thinking about reflecting about those sorts of things, and um, and I I was kind of I put at peace the fact that I don't need to challenge myself, not don't have to challenge myself anymore, but prove myself. And 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 I remember sort of um, saying to myself. Um, if that's not effing good enough for people now, then I really don't care. Wow. Wow. Mate, it's, it's, it's strange. You, 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 I listen to you talk about that and you look at that that journey and that path and all them things. Like you say, you, you, why do we do these things? What, like an Ironman, it's not potentially normal to get up and go and train and come <laughs> on an Ironman and do the, the things and... And row an Atlantic Ocean and and swim the channel and them type of things they're not I guess normal things that we just get up every day. I I think I swim the channel today. Do you know what I mean? There's like the trainers, all that stuff that has to go into it. But there's so there's got to be a certain type of mindset to get you to that stage, and there's got to be a certain mindset to to inspire you to get up and train and and do that. And what's that motivation? I guess behind it. And interesting to you talk about. I guess, like you said, that that feeling of I've got to prove to not just yourself but other people around you that I, I, we almost we need that external validation sometimes from other people to go like you know this is what I've done this is what I've achieved and actually yeah, I think it's um, I think it's unhealthy half the time most mm. of the time to be honest with you I think a lot of it and it's it's it comes to um, I think a lot of this, whether it's the business stuff or whether it's the sports stuff, I think a lot of this comes down to vision. And it's just, and in order to get that piece going and to get that momentum going, uh, and also commit as well. Mm. You know, I, I hear I hear people and they say, um, um, you know, so I'm thinking of doing this, I'm thinking of doing that. And my response to that is just write your name down, sign up, do yeah. it, because then then you're in that you're in it then, yeah. and then and then it's a case of. Um, you know, so to be very forthright in your language, I'm going to, um, and I think to me it's, and then then it's the vision, and it's the same in business. It's like start building a picture and a, a frame of reference of what it's going to look like, what it's going to feel like, and and th- things like the Iron Man or when we come on the beach in France, start building up a picture. What does that look like? Mm. You know, and and with the row, I was uh, I was on the video looking at, um, you know, I was on YouTube looking at these these boats. Um, these these rowers and they turn up in Antigua, and they've got beards and they've got you know they've lost weight and and the flares are going off. There's people cheering and and and, it, it, and you, I, to me it's the vision and I want I want to feel that. Yeah. Um, but it but it I think it comes down to to commitment and I mean uh, my son is my son is 16. He's one of the youngest youngest uh, RFU qualified referees in the country. 
Yeah. And he's, he's refereeing men's rugby at 16 years old. Um, and he's kind of being fast-tracked. And, and he said, um, he came back from, I was really, I'm proud of them, both my son and my daughter, but came back from a careers thing. And they, they asked him, they said, um, have you thought anything about what you want to do when you, when you leave school? And he said, I told him, Dad, I'm going to be an international rugby referee. So it was not, it was not, it's not I'm thinking about doing it. And I was just like, mate, ignore the referee. I'm just really, really proud of what you've just said and yeah. how you've said it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. Because you do, all you want for your kids, I guess, is that you want them to find something that they're passionate about and go and follow that dream. And that's all we want. We want them to be happy and follow, follow, follow totally. their dreams. Just go and it? do it. Just yeah. go and do it. And I love, and I, it's really interesting you say about it because I, I, I recently, a couple of weeks ago, we released a 50th episode which was with Sally Gunnell, and obviously you know, Olympic champion, but talks similar to you about visualization and right. that, that that piece around like she she visualized herself standing on that podium right. and when she, I think it was 91 when um, she won it in 92, but 91 when she didn't have that confidence, hadn't visualised that, and she worked on a, uh, the mental health side of it, worked on, um, you know, that mindset piece where, because in the world she was she was in front and she had that glance at the end and someone overtook her right. and she got silver medal and you're like, then she went away and that's what she had to work on, her mindset, because that is where that is what got her to the following year to go and win the Olympic gold then because she, it was all about in, in your head and it's, it's such a powerful tool, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I've got no... I mean, I've got, I mean, elite sport is just something that's completely alien to me, you know, the the level that some of these people are operating at. But yeah, we can we can all take learnings from from just the clarity of the clarity of thought. You know, I kind of it's like when we, <laughs> we I forget. Um, I mean, going we 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 got to the beach. Um, Near Wisson in France, when we did, we did the Channel Swim and we did it with a, the relay, and it was it was I got this this picture of us of us you know getting onto the beach and and how we would do it, and it was actually one actually one of those comedy moments where I'm 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 swimming, and um, and um, and the next thing I do is I touch the sand. But I touched the sand with my hand, and I realised that by that time I was only in about 18, 18 inches of water. Because uh, yeah, so it's like, oh, okay, I can stand up now, and I stood up and I was at my knees. So, um, wow. but yeah, just those sorts. It wasn't quite how I was visualised the finish, to be honest with you. But what was magical was was we just got onto the beach and shared a hug. Um, I stuck a stone. I stuck a stone in my in my swimming trunks that I was going to. Uh, I was going to take home and and um and paint paint do a paint do some painting on and stuff like that but <laughs> it didn't make it back to the support boat so i don't know where that one got to but yeah all of everything that i'd visualized um uh just yeah it went a little bit wonky to be honest with you <laughs> <laughs> but that okay i guess that that piece like what talk to me a little bit about that, that moment you i guess you know getting onto the beach there and the same getting into Antigua like that you visualise it in your head that all that training like you mentioned to me like three years or something planning yeah. for and training for the for the for the road but getting to that point do you, 
did you feel that sense of euphoria, that sense of achieving? You know, you know, you talk about it a lot on, with business, and and you know, you get to this point, and you go, oh. and and same with the people I was talking about, Olympic champions. They get to that point, and you go, is it? Do you do you are you in that moment? Do you appreciate it, and do you go, wow, I've achieved what I'd say? I've got to be honest, and I'll probably say a lot of the time, no. Um, I remember everyone said to me, they said, when you cross the finish line in an Ironman, you'll feel euphoric. Um, and you've going back to the visual or visual, you've, mm. you've visualized it. So you, there's never any doubt I'm not going to do it. So mm. visualize, visualize, visualize. And we went off. So Rob and I, uh, a good friend of mine, we went off to Germany to do the Ironman. And so the family weren't there. And it's, it's painful. It's tough. And, and, um, and there's people way, way better than me, way, way faster than me. And actually, when I got to the finish line, everyone, you know, it's like, yeah, how did you feel? And it's like, thank God that's over. <laughs> Just, and I, yeah. so yeah, it was a lot, it sounds really horrible and crass, but it was like, a, yep, done it. Yeah. But it wasn't, there wasn't, it was a box tick. And yeah. it was, that sounds really, really bad. Um, so when we, we, we had a, we had an amazing meal um, when we got back to Dover. Um, Brian, who who's a great mate, um, who is in the swim team, he bought. He's an Aussie. He bought some outrageously expensive bottle of wine. He's a bit of a wine buff, mm. but to be honest with you, it could have been. It tasted like Domestos because I had like sort of <laughs> mouth ulcers from the salt and everything else yeah. like that. It could have been anything, to be honest with you. So that was kind of kind of wasted. But th- that moment was great. Uh, and with the row, I mean, it felt like. You know, going rowing into Antigua really slowly at the end. I mean, it felt like I, I don't know. You mentioned Sally Gunner. I don't know what it, I don't know what it feels like to win a, a, a medal at the Olympics or something like that. But we felt like that. That was that was pretty special. Um, but then very quick sense of achievement, isn't it? And and I guess the the, the key point, and I think Johnny Wilkinson spoke about it once as well on on. Um, uh, on a podcast he mentioned about you know all his life had all been geared up to score in that winning yeah. goal yeah in, in the world cup yeah and that sense of euphoria lasted about 30 seconds and then that's why he went through loads of mental health issues afterwards because you get everything had been geared to that one moment yeah that magical moment that he promised this massive euphoria moment that would make him complete yeah and it was and now you've done it so you've what you've in your head i mean i've found it before it's like in your head you think well I did what I said I was going to do, yeah. and it, and and then you don't you don't give yourself the pat on the back for doing stuff like that. Yeah. And, and I think the other thing is just life. I mean, we've spoken about it before offline. Everything's just so busy. We've got to get back to doing something else, and you've got to get back to being dad or get back to being a husband, and yeah. all those sorts of things as well. It's just, um, but yeah, we don't we don't spend enough time to celebrate those sorts of things, and we don't yeah. ce- we don't celebrate. I mean, one thing I've learned through business as well, I don't think we celebrate enough in business. We don't sell enough celebrate enough in in, in what we do. Um, so yeah, those sorts of things. Because it's interesting because you're right that in in business, like sometimes just them small little wins, like actually taking them. Because we're again being the I guess the type of mindset type of people we are where you. There's constantly something that we're striving for, whether that be in business, whether it's being a, a challenge that you've set yourself. But you, you, there's that constant striving for something, and then you, you look at it and go, not enjoying that journey on the way and making sure them little wins that you do get, you go, okay, that's a, taking that moment to sit and reflect and go, actually, look how far I've come where I am right now. And I sent, um, 
I sold, I've grown and sold a couple of tech businesses. We sold it. We sold a business in 2012, um, and I, yeah, it was a life, not a life's work, but it was a huge, huge amount of my emotional energy. We grew a business from what was about 12 people to 42 people. Yeah. Um, we sold it to a company that was backed by private equity money, and I got, you know, a, 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 what was a life-changing amount of money. Uh, that was in the April, um, and then about. June, July. Um, I mean, it was a good year. It's 2012, mm. so we had the Olympics. So I did treat myself with an extra couple of quid. I did treat myself to some uh, some extra expensive tickets at the Olympics, but other than that, um, and I bought myself a new pair of shoes because I'm quite thrifty, really, when it comes yeah. to it. <laughs> but um, we, um, I found myself in coffee shops at 10, 11 o'clock during a week. Uh, yeah, somebody's given you a big chunk of cash, um, but you've lost your purpose, yeah. and that was um, I would I would say um, those probably about three months after three months after selling a, the second business, um, I was probably on on the edge of pr- being pretty depressed, uh, which sounds I know that sounds completely alien, um, and it sounds. Um, a bit up myself, and I don't mean it to be, but it's it was I, I, the purpose, purpose, and what you're there for, and why you're doing it, and all those mm. sorts of things, is uh, is absolutely critical. Yeah, mate, I, it really doesn't. You say it sounds like that. It really doesn't because it, it, I, I can't tell you the amount of people I spoke to on here, people who possibly you know as well. Obviously, Chris Goodman, uh, who's yeah. come on um, from Focus Group. I've had. Um, Kevin Byrne, who sold Checker Trade. Amazing, and, yeah. amazing. A massive success, is they yeah, are. Yeah, but, but, I don't know but, why but, I'm sitting but, in this chair, but, to be but, honest but, with you. But, but <laughs> I completely dis- and we'll come on to that a little bit later, man, because I completely disagree like, it, with you on that, because everyone's level of success and what that looks like is it's different. It's not just that financial game, whatever it is. You've sold a business that's made a life-changing amount of money. Yeah. So And the same as they did, but... Both of them talked about it exactly the same way as you in regards to what Kevin said about, you know, uh, the day he sold Checker Trade. He talked about the business so passionately, yeah. loved growing it and all that thing. The day he sold it was anti-climax, yeah. just had a life-changing amount of money, yet he wished he still had what he had. Yeah. And and you, you talk about it in the same way. And I, like, I, I often talk about, I'm trying to almost unlock this what the definition of success is um, because it is someone's success in society in business is still for me is still based on someone's financial position that's you go oh he's really successful like you've just alluded to there yeah. oh Chris I'm not in that but like you, you listen to your story and the things you've achieved and like mind blowing success for someone like I'm sitting here listening to you talk about it and mind blowing success and other people stand out there and go Wow! What, look at it, that is successful, and the things you've achieved, and, and that are maybe that have got purpose and have delivered eighty-five grand to two charities, which yeah. is unbelievable. Wow! That what an amazing level of success in that sense, not based on your financial status, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? And uh, I think we're uh, we're we're. Um we're completely spoiled in the West. We've messed it up, really, to be honest with you, in our heads in terms of the definition of success, I think. Um, my my dad, uh, bless him, um, he worked for a while um, in Sri Lanka. 
and he was responsible for a power station coming online and, and these and, we, and Sam and I before we had children we had a trip out to Sri Lanka um, and um, we we were sat on a sat in a taxi or whatever we were and we watched a load of kids um, standing in line waiting for a bus and they were immaculately turned out in a white shirt they were all and they were all waiting to go to school um, they're all smiling and then you realise they've just come out of almost a mud hut and they're smiling and they've got pristine white stuff and 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 it's like whoa it's really amazing and i've taken the, and and one of the things i've got you know one thing i i am passionate about is 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 travel and my daughter i think she said she 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 took great pleasure in saying that she'd been to 24 countries when she joined secondary school wow. which was amazing and, and one of those countries is in india i took the kids to india mm. and uh, and we we got some expo exposed to some pretty pretty um unusual sites for westerners um but it's an education piece mm. and i think i think our, our thinking is slightly wonky in that in that regard and, and i think we've got this really and i've i feel guilty about it for a long long time um we've got this 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 perception that everything your your your, your success and a great life comes down to uh, comes down to money, and and it's like whoa, can't it can't? And and I think the longer I'm getting, and the older I'm getting, the more I realise that you know what, um, being able to look yourself in the mirror and sort of smile and 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 I I, I do say as well, I'm I'm um, yeah, I've had some ups and downs, um, had some challenges when I was younger, um, had some pretty deep thoughts about self-worth and those sorts of things but i'm um i smile a lot um i i i know i smile a lot i, I enjoy what i do um i don't know what i want to do when i grow up and i genuinely genuinely love my life and i walk around with that in my head um, because i know full well that i'm i'm just so much better off and i don't mean that in a fiscal way i'm so much better off and fortunate um than than a huge amount of people in the world and 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 to me that's that's uh i feel good about i feel you know why would i why would i you know i've got nothing to groan moan about or feel grumpy about i feel blessed to be honest with you it's an amazing place to be um you sort of alluded to it a little bit there that obviously I guess you haven't always been at that peace with yourself in that sense like like you said you talk about self-worth and obviously the challenges and that trying to prove stuff yeah. talk, talk to me a little bit about that mindset and around that like those, that feeling of you know you mentioned after even though selling the business maybe getting in a bit of a dark place or slightly depressed talk to me a little bit about that those feelings around them yeah it's um it's not easy to describe. I mean, it, again, it, you don't want to uh, sound up yourself because you just. But it's, we've, it's um, you know, there's lots of people. I think I uh, read the, the book um, Jay Shetty. I uh, was a think like a monk. You know, we we've got the same amount of time. Um, and and the other thing, the other thing, and it's if I go and speak, at, I've spoke at um, a couple of uh, events and, and and schools and colleges and stuff in the run up to the row. And um, well, I took I took one one particular school I went to speak to um, at um, before the row, and um, I just 
I, I said to them, and it was it's not my stuff. I was leaving it from someone else. I said to them, we've all got two voices in our head, and and we got the one that says you can, and it encourages it and it lifts you, and we got the one that says you can't, and you're not good enough. Um, we've all got the same amount of time in a day. Um, we've all got our own thoughts, and the difference is is the one that wins is the one that we listen to we choose to listen to the most mm. um, and I was at this school and I, I kind of said that and, and, and um, as I was leaving I went to sign out uh, sign out from the school and this little lad came up to me and um, he was slightly overweight quite big glasses and he said he, he, he grabbed my grabbed my my um, my trousers and he was trying to grab my attention <laughs> small he said um mr matt and i said yeah and he stuck out his hand and he said um he said my name's harry and i said nice to meet you harry i shook his hand and he said about what you said about listening to the bad voices and 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 and, and, and listening i ought to listen more to the good voices i said yeah he said i'm going to do that i'm going to be more confident and the fact that he'd reached out his hand to a bloke who's come in, he didn't know as a stranger after what I said. And uh, I said, mate, I said, I think you're already on the way. You're doing a cracking job. Well done, mate. And um, anyway, so I, I kind of finished signing out the book. You know, I said, mate, just keep, keep being you and think like that. It'd be amazing. And keep, 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 keep thinking like that. And um, anyway, I shut the door and I walked up the hill out of the, out of the school. And... Um, I don't know who got more out of that session um, than anything. Then I was just, I was just, I had, it had a tear in my eye. Yeah. I'd make that that particular, and it, and it's just little things. And that particular day, um, you know, hopefully Harry's gone away with something. And um, but I don't think Harry realised quite how much I took away from it as well, sort of thing. It was great, absolutely fantastic. Because he's what, isn't it? They, they, and and I, I guess. Again, looking back, you, you look over the journey, you look at the achievements and look at the things you've done. And you, it's, I'm assuming, and it's got to be, that you listen to the good voice a lot more than you do the negative one that says, you're not good enough to do that. And Because I, if you didn't, or is it that that bad voice is the one that does keep coming up, but that's what spurs you on? Because I'm it's not gonna a bit let of every, I think it's a bit of everything. I mean, I'm not... I'm not a. Uh, I mean, I read a lot. I never used to read much at all. Mm. I read a lot now, um, and um, I don't know the science of it all. But yeah, I think there's there's an element of it there that's the. I'm not going to succumb to the negative voices. Um, try and just try and shut them down, mm. um, and I think just a bit more inner belief as well, isn't it? And I mean, I think that's sadly and a, a lot of people, and and probably. More so, young people. Although there's a lot of lot of people out, I think um, there's a lot of negativity out there, and uh, and I'd love to. Uh, I'd like to. Um, I'd just like to. You know, we could all do with a pat on the back and an arm around the shoulder every now and then. Yeah. And I think just those a little bit more encouragement as opposed to. Um, the, the, there's too much negativity out there, isn't there? Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. And no, I want. I want to. Talk a little bit. Mentioned about obviously the, the, the tech business you sold. You obviously you, you fell into sales. You mentioned <laughs> like 
from a, after the fishing thing, you sort of almost <laughs> fell into the sales sort of role. I mean, let, let's move on through that journey and, the, you know, nearly three decades within the sales environment. You've, obviously, your business at the moment, sales enabler. Talk to me yeah. a little bit about, you know, things you've learned from sales and, the, and, and what... What was it about sales that excited you and you got in? Well, the first, I've got to be completely honest with you. Um, I did the, um, I did the, worked on a trawler and then I was, uh, and then it was uh, being a relief milkman. Um, and then I say I stumbled into sales. It was uh, life insurance. Um, and it was, the thing, the thing that I look back on in, in that particular period of time, and I, I speak about it if I speak at a sales event now, is it was selling life insurance uh, early 80s or around the 80s. Some, uh, yeah, uh, early 80s. Um, early, late, I can't remember, whenever. And um, with life insurance. But it came with eight, I can't remember, it was either eight or ten weeks worth of training. Now, I speak at events now, and the whole world's got itself in a hurry. And I speak at events, and 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 the whole the whole idea of that eight to ten weeks worth of training is that you have an intake of you have an intake of eighty people or something, and then some people don't fancy it. And anyway, and you go through that period of time. But at the end of that 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 intake, there's ten people that leave, okay, and they've got the cap, the badge, the briefcase, everything. Uh, sounds a little bit, you know, uh, uh, um, mechanical. But somebody's somebody's got the abacus out there and done the maths as to w- or, or, or works out what it is. But you come out and you know everything about the company. You know how to pitch it. You know how to present it. You know even though the language, you know the, the the conversation threads that you need to go down and those sorts of things. And when I speak at events now, I think there are people that are in sales roles, and they probably haven't had eight to ten weeks worth of onboarding. Or training in their careers, mm. let alone um, before they start. So I am, I am, um, I'm passionate about onboarding better because I think, uh, and you've got me on a, you got me off on one now. One of the things I think we do is I think business owners and sales managers, um, I think we set salespeople up to fail more than we set them up to to succeed. And I think we're pretty crap at onboarding, onboarding them. And I've actually the second book I wrote, which, which is why do so many sales hires fail, um, alludes to just that. I think it's really, really a sort of uh, poor onboarding, um, and that's where I try and uh, start if I work with a client. And that was actually the, the sort of um, the thought process behind sales enabler. It's like, well, why can't we, we Within a business, we've got all this knowledge. Um, why don't we document that? Why don't we document best practice? Why don't we document all these, but do it in a digital format, yeah. so that um, so that it's much much easier to onboard people. What what typically happens in sales, and you know you've you know we've both been around the block long enough. Yeah. Is is Sam? Great, great that you joined us, and um, you did a cracking second interview there. Um, I'm ever so sorry. I forgot you were joining us. To, you're with us today. It was your first day. Um, anyway, your laptop's currently down with IT. Um, they just managed to. They've got to fix a couple of bits and pieces for you. We're a little bit behind the curve on there. Um, we did promise you a company car, but the previous guy we sacked last week uh, brought it back with a load of dog hairs in it. So it's currently down being valeted. Um, anyway, I've got you to sit down with John. Um, John's our crappiest salesperson. <laughs> 
Um, but why don't you sit down with John and, and, and listen to a few phone calls? And if you feel comfortable, maybe, you know, pick up the phone and make, you know, familiarise yourself with the CRM system. And maybe later on this afternoon, make a couple of calls and I'll nip back and see you before the end of the day. And that's so that's 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 great start. That, that happens up and down, and that kind of follows up with a follows with a call, you know, a, a conversation, you know, maybe three or four months down the line. And it's Sam, you know what, mate, it's not really working, is it? And the whole cycle starts again. So the whole concept of Enabler is we digitize all of this, we digitize the best practice, we write, we, we put it all down, it's easy to consume information. I mean, I'll give you a great example. I've got a client that I'm working with at the moment. I have this utopian view, and I call it D minus 30. So somebody's tip might have a, a notice period of 30 days. Well, when you offer them the job, give them, send them the job off, job offer letter, why don't you send them a log on to Sales Enabler they can log in at their own comfort in their own house 30 days before they join that company and consume all of that information that would typically take them six months worth of osmosis when they were with the company and they could be ready to go. So talk about reducing the ramp up. I'm all about reducing the ramp up type and making people productive. And I've got a particular client and in the next couple of weeks they've got a new starter and that new starter is doing a pitch to me and the CEO on the first day within the company. Now, that's not to put pressure on them, and it's not going to be perfect, but they're going to have consumed all of that information, and they've massive. They've already made a three- or four-month gain. Yeah, Doesn't that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Because I'd be really interested to talk like, delve a bit more into the sales side, because I, I, I think that... Like you said, when you're in business, whatever business that's in, you've got to have sales. If you don't have sales, you haven't got a business, whether that's a service that you're selling, whether it's a product, whatever it it is, there's some element of it. I think I used to run a hair salon and I never cut hair. I was at the front of the house. But ultimately, I was selling all day long, trying to get people to come in the door, whether I was at networking or whatever you do, you're selling yourself or whatever that looks like. There's some element of a sales process in there, isn't there? Yeah, and I think the other thing—if you've got—if you've got people, you know—if it's a small business, typically the best people at selling are the entrepreneurs and the founders. Yeah. I spend a lot of time with founder-led businesses, and they're they're struggling to scale, and the reason for that is all in their heads. Yeah. So what we want to do is, and and or if you're slightly bigger and you've got a couple of people that are, are good salespeople and they make all the difference, I'm I have this thing. It's like we want to model the masters. So whoever the masters are in that business, let's replicate what they do. I mean, you can't replicate the personality, but the kind of questions they ask, how they operate there, the case studies, the references they give about the validate, why you'd want to do business with with us as opposed to someone else, and all of those sorts of things. It's like this is all knowledge that resides within the company. So, and it doesn't, and the whole idea of Enabler is that we've templated so much of it so that... All you do is you, you know, there's 30 years worth of experience plus whatever I've accrued from other people. Well, these are all the critical pieces of information that you need for a salesperson to succeed. All you need to do is personalise it, and that becomes your own sales academy, dare I say it. Wow, I love that. Because, Mark, people would often say to me, oh, you're a salesman, you could sell ice to the desk, all that sort of thing. And I've never seen myself as a salesman, if I'm being honest, purely... For me, 
I'd be interested to get your take on it, but ultimately, people buy people. So it's sales is almost just building relationships. I don't know what's your take on that. Like the I think I think people buy trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and and people buy from people and back their decisions up with logic. So I bought from Sam. I bought X from Sam yeah. because. Yeah, so they have yeah. to justify it to someone else. Um, that's the validation piece. Um, but it's not about. It's not. I mean, in my early days, it was. You know, it was. It was. You know, I sold life insurance at the time. You know, maybe people would frown upon that because you know I was the guy that would cold call you at six o'clock in the evening yeah. trying to sell your life insurance, um, and um, and you've just come in from a busy day at work and you want to sit down with the family and have your tea. So you know, I mean, I would, I would probably my target would be two hundred calls in a day, cold calls in a day, and I would be told to you know go forth and multiply quite often. You know, maybe wow. ten, fifteen times a day. Um, I would be told to f off. Um, That's got to build so much resilience. Like, like people's, uh, it's a massive skill, isn't it? Cold calling. Like, it's hard. It's hard. It's tough. Yeah. It's 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 tough. It's tough. Um, I'm not going to lie. It, I I was you know I was in a situation with 14 and a quarter percent interest rates on my flat, so I didn't <laughs> and I didn't have lots and lots of career options. So <laughs> it didn't it didn't make any difference to me, and I, I there wasn't any op- options. So it was like just you know, go you know, go to the toilet, look in a mirror, have a word with yourself, go and smash out another twenty, twenty-five, fifty calls. Wow! And uh, and then and then somebody you know like maybe somebody goes, God, it must be your lucky day. And it's like <laughs> when you get when you get a yes, and it's like well, probably yeah. Law of averages says you know it's going to come it's out at some stage. But yeah, I I don't. My 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 view is that sales is a lot more about systems and process. Mm. And and it's not and 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 I'm working with another client another client at the moment and I'm mentoring a couple of people that the thought if you said that they were in sales mm. um, they would walk out the building but um, but they are exceptional at working with customers yeah <laughs> <Love> that. <laughs> it's a good spin on it it's a good spin on it but the, the, the people you work with now and obviously the process and stuff you put in is there uh, some people maybe will say that is there still a space for cold calling the, in in the, I, I, I think it's tough I mean people don't answer their phones anymore people yeah, don't answer yeah. their mobiles they leave it on a voicemail uh, we're in a you know there's an age demographic where people don't talk they only message um, I think there is I would prefer to do it warm calling yeah. so that you know maybe there's a message or there's some automated marketing that goes on um, but also but you know speaking to somebody and having a conversation but you've got to be respectful of somebody's time as well you know if yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna try and cold call or pitch to somebody have something worth saying mm. and when i say have something worth saying i mean prepare what you're going to say mm. going back to the point you made sport wise you made the reference to johnny wilkinson mm. you know that guy you know he, he trained 365 days a year yeah, yeah. You know, I, I i was once <laughs> I was bunch. Uh, I was coaching a, or I was asked to go and see a, a team, a sales team. There was about fifteen people in there, and they weren't doing it particularly well. Uh, there's a little bit of old school negativity there, and we've, we've, you know, we don't really need any training or mentoring because we've, with all due respect, Matt, I've been doing this for quite a long time. You know, I'm, I've been, I've been in this game for a while, um, and I asked the question. I said, "Well, how often do you practice your pitches?" 
And uh, and it's like Matt, with with all due respect, you know, we've we've been doing this a while and all these sorts of things. So so I said, well, so the answer's n- you don't. Yeah, pretty much, because we we've been doing it a while. I said, okay, so what you're really telling me then is that you're practicing in front of prospects that the company spent quite a lot of money finding the leads for. And I said, and I said, and give it a sporting analogy of, of, you know, we mentioned Johnny Wilkinson, rugby was my game. But equally, you know, if you put it in football, Cristiano Ronaldo, it's, I'm, I'm told he's the first on the training pitch and he's the last to leave. You know, these guys train 300. So I said, look, so these guys... And the guy shot himself in the foot, the one that was the most vocal. And he said, well, you can't compare us to those kind of people. And I said, why can't I compare you to those kind of people? Well, they're professional at what they do. <laughs> and it was like it was a proper tumbleweed moment. Yeah, and well. it's, So you're practicing in front of live prospects. And I just don't get that. I just don't get that. If you know what works, why don't you distill it? Why don't you record it, whether that's verbally, video, written, and why don't you share that as a best practice? That everyone feels better about themselves when they win those sorts of deals. And we yeah. share good stuff as opposed to the old, you know, in, dare I say it, when I stumbled into life insurance, you know, and people have still got this draconian view that, oh, well, I had to, I had to, you know, I had to get the scars and I had to earn my stripes. And so they're going to have to do it. You know, they're going to have to go. And it's like, mate, if we've got, if we've learned some stuff, yeah. isn't it better that we share some stuff yeah. so that we all get better at the stuff that we need to learn? Those yeah. sorts of things, really. Love that. I love that. And, and, and the more and more businesses that think like that would be, you know, like you say, it would grow and be in a better place and do better totally. things. Because, totally. like you said, there's so much experience that you've got. To, I think, if anything, COVID proved in it that old systems and the way we, things used to be done can be changed we had to we was forced to change things weren't we whether that be working from home remote whatever that looks like i think that made a i think it made it i i think it made a massive difference um personally i don't think we've seen the output of covid yet i think a lot of i think there's going to be you know a lot of people have changed their changed their ways best practice you know practices um i'm not sure I think there's a lot of particular. Again, I, I, it's not just young people, but probably impressionable people. Mm. Um, I think there's some, there's a lot of stuff that that we haven't seen in terms of how people think that that probably is is going to have some not not so great outputs long term mm. and those sorts of things. But yeah, we've had we've had to do it. I mean, I and 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 it's crazy. So everyone went from. Yeah, I do. I was ended up doing. You know, the world fell apart. Everything stopped. <laughs> I ended up doing uh, coaching and mentoring on on teams, and uh, and one of the and it was relatively early on, and I still see it. I still see, still see it. Um, people with laptops, you know, and I understand not everyone's got an office. I get yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe you know, think about maybe what's in the background, or think about how you present yourself. Put some light on your face. You know, I. I I'd quite often be um, coaching or mentoring salespeople, and uh, about how they can, uh, about how they present themselves better. You know, it's yeah. like, mate, you look like you're in a toilet. It looks dark, <laughs> and you're really right up close to the screen. And I can see the hairs up your nose, yeah. and it's probably not what your prospect wants to see. Yeah. You know, those sorts of things. And I don't mean that rudely, but it's just like, a, it's like 
let's let's have a little bit of almost team etic teams yeah, and yeah, zoom yeah. etiquette yeah, and get yeah, us yeah. what's what we've got to look good because yeah, yeah. you if you were going to see somebody face to face you'd want to look good and make a good first impression yeah yeah often no, overlooked yeah yeah no absolutely absolutely but do you do you think i'm interested actually with that with then like i guess how you present yourself or, or because, do you feel there's again been a little bit of a shift in the sense of prior to lockdown you know how many people still in a shirt and tie maybe or how many like, things have changed massively in that sense do you not think because, is it because maybe people were seen at home in a much more relaxed environment and is that not a is that not a better way to be that we are actually I can be my authentic so I'm going to wear what I want and like, look, I'm going for a midlife course just keep wearing baseball caps all the time do you know what I mean so you go like, but I'm, I'm interested to see what that, that take on that is because there is a that that that, that balance, I guess, between being presentable or being your authentic I think, self. I think you get one. If we go back to the old, you get one chance to make a first impression. Yeah, yeah. So if yeah. we work out what that needs, you know, and 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 I speak. To, if I speak to a client, I I ask, and it's the first time I'm physically going to be with them. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, what's your dress code? Yeah. You know, I get an opportunity, so I can dress. I can dress down. But I can't really dress up, having made a, a poor first impression. Yeah. So to me, that's important. I mean, I think it's it's pretty acceptable these days if you're on a team or a Zoom call that you're in. Yeah, you don't have to be a shirt and tie. No, no, you know, no, you no, can be in a t-shirt and and yeah, be relaxed. Yeah. So I think that's all that's all acceptable. I I haven't. Um, so yeah, so we we were at the um, we were at the Wolo Ball on Saturday. Yeah. I don't know if you you must have noticed my son with his glitter ball suit, yeah. and yeah. Um, yeah. so he had his glitter ball suit. I thought he looked fantastic. He yeah. thought he looked fantastic. I thought he looked, but um, he's got he had a black shirt and a tie, and he said, "I want to wear the tie, Dad." And it, I must admit, it took me a couple of attempts to do his, help him with his tie. <laughs> um, that's that's how I just don't wear I don't wear ties anymore. The last time I think the last time I wear t- unfortunately the last time I wear ties is at funerals and uh, these days. But um, yeah, I, I, look, I think I think um, being authentic is good, but I, I we still have standards. Yeah, and yeah, I think no, I, you need to you need to work what, whatever that looks and feels like. I think yeah. standards and I, I, you know, I. Um, I think, like you said, actually, the key point is you, you do only get a, a first opportunity to make that first impression. Don't you? you yeah, only get one chance to make that first impression. Yeah, whatever that looks like. And I say to the children, I say, I say to the children, if you can, yeah, you know, if you can sit at a dinner table mm. with somebody, uh, with anybody. Um, and you can hold yourself, mm. and you can conduct yourself, and you can be conversational, and you 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 kind of work out with your knife and fork from the outside in. Uh, and then I said you'll you'll be able to, you'll be all right in life because yeah, there's a lot yeah. of people that 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 don't place enough importance. And that's one thing I you know Sam and I, you know it's like hold yourself, just yeah. hold yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love that, love that. Okay, I just wanted to say something about one of our sponsors, Preston Insurance Brokers. Insurance is all about peace of mind, making sure that you're protected no matter what. There's no such thing as one size fits all, which is why Preston Insurance Brokers take the time to understand your business, how it works, and how all the pieces fit together. Because they understand your needs and whatever risks your business faces, they can offer you bespoke insurance cover to help your business grow with confidence. Always safe in the knowledge that should the worst ever happen, they'll be here to help you weather the storm. 
protecting businesses for over a decade, Preston Insurance Brokers will ensure that you're always in safe hands. No one on the team have been looking after all my business insurance for many years and offer a truly fantastic personal service. To find out more, contact the team at www.prestoninsurancebrokers.co.uk. Your business, your insurance. Okay, back to the podcast. Look, you, talking through there, you talked about like with the cold calling stuff and the, maybe the resilience, because that's a challenging period, I'm sure. And I want, I want to talk about, I always talk about challenges and, and that we've, we've faced in our life. And certainly running running businesses, I think I've read that like, when you bought out that first business, you become manager, you remortgaged and to, yeah. to get that oh. first business. And t- talk to me, then it comes, that comes with pressure. But building brand businesses, selling them over the, the you know, over the, you know, last three decades and stuff like you talk to me about some of the challenges you faced in business in so um, the first I mentioned the first flat so the first flat I bought it was a 14 and a quarter percent interest rates fast forward about 10 years and I was I was I was working I was s- s- selling um, still sales but kind of uh, small business over in Halsham and we had a great small business um, and um, I suppose I was a little bit um, gobby, for want of another word. And I said, like, you know, we're selling lots of hardware and maybe software and services is the future. And uh, and I got a response which was, you know, if you think you're so bright, why don't you run the effing company? I was like, oh, okay. Um, and we just bought our so so we my first flat was high interest rates. Um, roll forward, um, I bought the first house with my wife. And they were giving money away at silly amounts. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we hadn't been there. So I, I kind of, uh, we, we, it sounds really, really bad. And, and I know you've had some people that buy and sell companies, but so it wasn't the best DD. I said, well, okay, well, I, but I'm not going to do it for nothing. And I want to be, you know, I want major share if I'm going to do that. Yeah. And, and, and that evening we arranged, <laughs> the previous MD, we just agreed a figure. <laughs> Which was <laughs> twice what we twice what we'd mortgaged to buy the house, and uh, and I just never wanted to take a backward step. I just shook his hand, and wow. then Sam said to me, "She said, Matt, you're 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 late back tonight." And I said, "Yeah." She said, "What um, what you been up to?" I said, "Well, I've just agreed to buy the major share of the company." She said, "How much for?" And I told her, and she said, "You fucking idiot! <laughs> we haven't got that." And I said, "No, but I'll work it out." Anyway, and I kind of, we haven't been there long. We remortgaged again. Um, should never say this, but it was just before money laundering forms came in. And I lied on the reapplication forms and got a little bit more, more money, called a few other bits and pieces, got some early inheritance, asked for some early inheritance from my mum. Anyway, cut a long story short, got some money together, bought the major share of the business, um, paid all my loans off in three years. Never got, I've got, never got so much, so scientific about running what I was doing. As wow. then, um, had a uh, had one particular ex- unpleasant experience. Uh, inherited um, one particular member of staff, which anyone who's been in business, you know, everyone now you get every now and then you get a wrong and um, ended up in a industrial tribunal. Uh, that was an amazing learning curve. Cost me quite a lot of money, but it was a great learning. Um, Realised that I needed to, you know, I, you, you need to be a little bit clear in your communication. Just learnt a whole heap, really. Mm. Um, got, I felt like I'd hit a, a bit of a glass ceiling when we got to a certain size, and upon reflection, now I 
probably would have done something differently. I'd have got coach, mentor, non-exec, something like that. Yeah. I didn't. I felt like I was uh, ended up sort of splitting and splitting the business, selling you know selling half and and, and merging the rest with the businesses in Godalming. And as I say, we put a business together. We kind of had about twelve or fourteen people when we put two merged two bits together, and we actually tripled it in uh, in, in in sort of you know in, during the, the last recession, and we we. We sold that in 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 2012 to a company that was backed by private equity money, and and um, mm. and and it's really quite strange because lots of learnings along the way. Um, I never felt that anyone anything I would ever do, um, somebody would pay me a proper amount of money. So it's like validation that you weren't an idiot mm. and that you were on the right path. So yeah, no, but we 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 grow that grew that business quite well, and um, it was a good deal. Um, I was able to leave the business and, and the businesses and they, they, they've done really, really well with it and I'm mm. pleased for everyone. And mm. the, the other thing I'm really, really, really pleased with and I've got to say it because I'm having dinner with her in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> so there was a, there was a, uh, a young lady who worked, worked, worked with me um, and she'll know who she is if she, she, um, if she listens to this because she is local. She worked with me at the first business. She worked with me at the second business and she now works with the business that acquired us and um, I'm amazingly proud of the fact that I've been able to help somebody really really step on in their life and she's a she's a kingpin in that business now and and um, and I'm really proud of of her and seeing how she's developed and also a couple of other people that work with me they've just been and I suppose you just get a little bit. At the time, you're just doing it because you're running the business and you want it to improve. But looking back, um, there's some people that have, have been with us on our journey, and, and I feel very proud, and even just to help them a little bit. Yeah, amazing, amazing. I guess like what's interesting, like listening to you talk about that, that, that again, that that self belief side of it. Right at that start, like when you go, I'm gonna. I'm gonna push everything. I'm chucking everything at it. Really, you're remortgaging up to the hill, and you've yeah. got. But that self-belief that you go, I'm gonna make this work. Um, did you? There was the self-belief. There was the self-belief, but there was also the. Um, oh shit! If this doesn't, this this has to work. Yeah. There's no, there's no option here. This has to work, uh, and that's that's. That brings with it itself another load of challenges. You just immerse yourself in it. Yeah. You don't look up, and and um, and you, you, yeah, you're driven. Of course, you're driven, but you're driven not. You're driven through this through making a work of it. But you're driven because you know that if this doesn't work, I'm. Yeah, we're, 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 it's it's a, and and it's a bit like um, it's that fear of fa- like, look, what stops a lot of people is that that fear of failure is yeah. more than that. I know I can do this, and I believe I'm going yeah, to do it. Yeah, the fear of failure, the fear of failure, and 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 so that, and also um, when it came to things like the row, mm. um, and all other other things, and and also I played rugby for quite a long time. When you're in, it's like, are you in? Mm. Are you all in? No, I'm mm. absolutely all in. This is what I want to do, and it was with the with the with the um, with that business. I'm all in. I'm absolutely all in. Um, mm. And then, and then with with the row, it's like there's no other option. You are all in. You've got no choice. We're fifteen hundred miles from land and safety. You're all in. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, look, let, let's let, let, let's let's go on to that. Let's talk about the, the, the road in that. 
I just, I, I'm just fascinated by it. like I, I was I, even listening to you talk before we come on saying about the three years training leading up to it. Like, talk to me about your mindset, like the initial thought process. I'm gonna row the Atlantic Ocean. Where does that initial thing start from? And that whole, just talk to me about your mindset through the process, and then actually the the row as well, and what gets you through that. Um, we were. Um, I was at the rugby club. Um, so Neil, uh, one of my fellow rowers, um, we were at a sponsors lunch few beers and um we're just talking about challenges in general and, and everyone had known i'd done a few challenges and and the conversation of what what next came up uh, and sam sort of uh sam leant forward and said to neil's wife madeline she said you'll never guess what this what he wants to do now he wants to row an ocean um to which madeline's response oh that was that's that's really quite interesting you'd quite i think you'd quite like that wouldn't you neil not thinking for one moment that he'd lock onto it and uh, and Neil was like, yeah, I quite uh, I quite fancy that. He didn't do his and 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 then you know we just just roll forward and about there was about three or four texts on my phone the following morning, mm. and we'd all gone and got drunk and stuff like that. And and he he goes, he, we picked up the phone, we had a guy. It's like I fancy this, and it's <laughs> like all oh, right, okay. And it it kind of morphed and got forward. We did actually plan to do it as a four, and for one reason or another, it didn't work out, and we went back down to a three. But um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a it was a, it ended up being the start of a that ended up being the start of a three year journey and three years. Not it, the training is 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 one thing, but it's actually pulling a campaign together to, you know, you got to buy a boat, you've got to do the mandatory courses, which was there's a week's worth of mandatory courses, mm-hmm. um, and then the, the, the race organisers Atlantic campaigns is just it's just amazing. And then and then you you, um, you when we. Yeah, just a three-year journey, and it's hard work, and it and it I'm uh, it was selfish, um, you know you've got to be selfish to do stuff like that, and I I because how, how much training do you do for something like that? Like over the- I would do a couple of hours a day on the yeah. rowing machine or something like that, and a few and weights, and then once we got the boat, we we probably I think we had a we clocked up about two hundred and fifty two hundred and sixty hours at sea on the on the on the boat as well, just getting to know how the boat operates, but even even then. You know the man. The, the minimum stand minimum was 120 hours. We did. We said, well, we don't want to do that. We want to smash it. So we did 250, 260 hours of training on the boat out of New Haven, so up and down the south coast. Um, but even that, it, nothing prepared you for the for the Atlantic. Oh my word, nothing prepared you for the Atlantic. Yeah, wow. Because what? Because what, what is this? Like what, 49 days? Was that? Is, is that how long? Yeah, we were we were 49 days. The uh, I think the winning team was winning team was about 31. And there's, as we speak here now, we're about 90 days on from the start. Um, there's still three teams out there. Um, really? Yeah, it's um, and they, you know, the last, um, yeah. So, and we've been we've been we've been on land for six weeks. So it's um, it's a it's um, it's uh, teammate Willie said that you know he he summed it up really really well. He said it's it's simply brutal, yeah. and it's brutally simple. In the fact that you just got to row from Lagomera across the Atlantic Ocean, there's nothing in the way. You won't see, you hardly see anything. You've just got to keep going, and 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 and, and it's, so it's it's you know it's brutally simple, but simply brutal along the way because you've got to you know on uh, daytime we we rowed two rowers for one hour on, half an hour off, and at nighttime we dropped down to one rower. And we rode for one hour on and two hours off. So the longest sleep 
if you can call it sleep, um, was kind of just under two hours. For the whole? For the whole, pretty much, yeah, pretty, you know, a couple of times we've got some bad weather. You try and sleep more, but you just can't because you're just getting smashed. So, yeah, the longest sort of sleep, in inverted commas, was kind of just under two hours. And you'd just lean, you'd lean in the cabin, you'd shut your eyes, and then before you know it, you're up again. So, yeah, you hallucinate, and all the, all the things that I know, I know through reading um, some sleep books are just not good for you. Um, it's, it's brutal. And it's just, the, it's just the, the relentlessness of it all. And the other thing that I've, that's not pleasant is you feel filthy. I mean, we got in the water four or five times to clean the boat, and that was a, that was such a nice feeling because you, it's hot, you know, thirty degrees or whatever. So you're rowing in the sun; it's hot, so you sweat a little bit. Um, you've got Factor Fifty cream on, so you you know you know what everyone feels like with sun cream, yeah. and then everything is sticky with the salt, so you just feel filthy, yeah. and it's just. Um, it's no pretty unpleasant. There's that. nothing. There's, there's no, no let up. There is no let up. So you can't, you know. You might go into the cabin when you were going to have your two hours, and you just have a little cry, and it's wow. it's just it's it, it. And I describe it as the highest highs and the lowest lows. It just beats you. It beats you and beats you and beats you, and you've just got to get back up again, sort of thing. And to a certain extent, in the kind of there's a perverse way of thinking about it. It's a um, and I kind of like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, come on, come on, come on. And it's, it's just, just pushing yourself in it, constantly pushing that those limits of yeah. what you can achieve. But I remember, but I remember doing the Ironman. I remember the last two or three miles of the Ironman, and I was having a word with myself, and I was moaning and whining and stretching, leaning against a barrier, and why me, why me? All my head in my hands and stuff like that. And this guy went past me with two prosthetic legs. Wow. And you go, Garmin, man up. Get on with it. Yeah. Just get on with it. Stop whining and get on with it. And it's the similar sort of thing. It's like there are people, you know, there's people we've been raising money for the charities. There's yeah. people in those charities um, who are having a tough time of it. Yeah. And you, when it's like that, you, I, I've found for me personally, I bring myself back level yourself hang on a minute level yourself you're in a you're in a you're in a quite a privileged privileged position here yeah it's uncomfortable yeah it's tough yeah it's wet yeah it's uncomfortable all these sorts of things but there's someone worse off than you all right yeah. so don't forget that and don't forget you know we're trying to raise a, a large amount of money so that other people can have a little bit more comfort at certain times of their life as well and it's just stop thinking about yourself start thinking about other people yeah, that's tough. And, and like, to, I guess with with the with the other, so I heard you talk on obviously on Saturday, and you you, you just sort of saying actually the three of you's all gone. We like to spend that amount of time with someone in in, in that such close proximity, and having to, I guess the reliance on each other as well. To when maybe someone's feeling a bit shit, you want someone to pick you up. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, we got on we got on amazingly well. Yeah. I mean, it was non-stop banter but we did have a little bit of a you know right raised voices three or four times in the overall scheme was nothing yeah. uh, we all kissed and made up you know uh, and and it was it was it was good and if what, you, what brought if, that on i'd be interested like what, the raised voices for, for what someone at, at, for what reason oh i mean 
you've got at times in the bad weather you've got waves that are sort of and this is not an exaggeration you've got waves that are 40 or 50 foot and there's three blokes in a boat and the boat is 27 feet so put that in contact you know you're gonna you know we need to you know and and sometimes you know for whatever reason the boat's veered round so you might be beam on to something that could tip you over so it's like you know yeah. we gotta we gotta do stuff and and sometimes you know there's we can have a conversation like we're having like this and yeah. sometimes you need to up the ante <laughs> in terms of so the language <laughs> and it's a bit like that but there's but there's nothing never ever it was, nah, it was incredible course. never anything other than that i mean yeah. i remember one particular day on the on the deck with Willie, we're rowing along and and most of the wind and the waves for that particular day had come from the stern or the quarter and this we just saw this wave quite a way off um on the beam and it, it was it was probably started a couple of hundred yards out and it got closer and closer and it got bigger and I looked at Woolly and I said, Yeah, that's that's quite a big one, mate and he went, Yeah, yeah. And it, it just got bigger, it grew up on us and then it started foaming. And it's like and we're looking up, you know, if you can imagine looking up maybe say forty five degrees mm. across from where you are at the moment and see this this big tumbling wall of water and I, I thought we were I thought we were gonna capsize. I just and we just I just just hold on hold on and I think what happened is it it partly went through the boat you know straight straight over us and I think partly it pushed us to one side and we just you know and sort of thirty seconds later we're still upright and um, we just looked at each other and laughed <laughs> we just laughed at it and 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 it's like I think I need to go and change my pants. Because wow. it was, yeah, but it was, yeah. and then it was, it's, it's, hey, we're upright, we didn't roll over, we keep going, let's go again, and just, let's keep rowing. And, <laughs> mate, I'll I, I, I tell you what I'd be keen to, you said about them times where, you, especially at night, maybe you ran on your own, yeah. and it's just you and the other two, like, is there a point, like you, like you said, being a, Alone with your fortune, I don't know, you're 30 days in or something, and you know yeah. you've got another, you're almost halfway, and you've got 20 odd days still to go. Yeah. Like, what goes through your head at, that, at those points? Is there that that feeling, of, you know, we've just got, got to keep going, there's no, there's, exactly. there's no other option? There's no option. There, no. Is, there is no option. Because you can be with the ocean, like, with the Stop whining. Just stop, stop whining. Stop moaning. Get on. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And I think, and you do get the sleep monkeys, because obviously you, you are sleep deprived. So, and so you can't genuinely, you can't think properly. You can't think straight. So, you know, if somebody said to you, uh, Matt, a uh, hundred times four multiplied 50, uh, you know, minus 50, you know, you go, oh, well, it's 350, isn't it? You can't, your brain doesn't work like that. It kind of just, anything that's like a little bit complicated, it just turns to mush. You can f- forget about it. So, um, so yeah, things, things like that. Um, I, the other thing is I, um, so I've got you know my wife and I've got two children and um, I had a, 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 a early on I, I had when I start signed up I don't know what side it is I, I had a I had a tattoo done on my shoulder so I've got three stars in a line yeah. uh, to represent Sam Joseph and Molly so they're there and it's it's put there so they're my three and I had that when I signed up for the row so they're my three stars looking over my shoulder That's and then the other so when you say about the middle of the night. So at night, um, and I didn't really know because I hadn't studied the stars, um, but there's Orion's Belt. And what you've got to, to realise is when you're on the Atlantic, um, 
on a clear night, the stars and the sky are magical, absolutely magical. Um, and Orion's Belt is a formation, and it's, I don't know the history of it all, um, but there are three stars in a line. And um, as, and it's Orion's Belt, the three stars are. And, and I would, quite unashamedly, sitting here talking, I would, I would talk to Sam and the children. How's your day? How you getting on? I miss you. Um, and um, I love you and I can't wait. You know, just I would just talk to them. Um, wow. Yeah, I, I, yeah uh, I'd talk to them most, well, every night. Talk to them every night. Love that. That's choked me up a little bit. I'm not going to lie, but I just... Uh, God, I just can't. It's so dip, like for, for listening to you talk, like just so difficult for any anyone to just put their mindset there of what that would be like. Like, like you say, cold. And I know you're not whatever. cold. You're hot. You're warm. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, so it's yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Whatever that that was feeling, but just being there at night and just thinking, like, just alone with your thoughts and think, been in here for like you know thirty days or whatever, yeah. whatever period that is, and still thinking, oh God. We're gonna go on. We had we had some. I mean, I I would I would yeah I would I would I would at night I'd and again you you just talk to yourself. I'm not listening. Going back to what you said earlier on, I'm not listening. You know, I don't let the negative thoughts. So I think about the positive thoughts. And I I talk to Sam, and I I most of the time I'd say sorry for leaving your home with kids. <laughs> Hope you, it's not too bad. I'd say to Joseph and Molly, I'd just say you know, hope you have a good day. Um and say how proud I am of you um, how much I love you those sorts of things I'd have those conversations um, but then there's, it does get you it beats you it beats you down it beats you down and there was one one time and I say about I said earlier on about it's the highest highs the lowest lows so there's there was a realise that we were about a, a week and a half away from Antigua and we'd had a pretty shitty day um, and we kept getting stuck in this sargassum wind and it, it's weed and it just stops you. You row into these huge carpets of weed, go again, weed, go again, all this sort of stuff. And um had a bad day. It was a Friday. And um, I, you don't want to admit it, but we were trying to do 60, 70 miles a day. But um, in two or three days, we'd done 30, 35. And the real, it just, I got, you know, you don't want to admit it, but I got whacked around the face um, the realization that we weren't going to make it when I'd hoped, and when we planned to to get back see the Sam and the children, and um, and we'd already moved it back one once, and I, I rang Sam on the sat phone. It was afternoon at sea. It was kind of early evening them on a Friday, and they were out at a restaurant, and I was I was crying. I was I was low, and I I I just remember saying, I'm just so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've messed everything up. I've messed messed you around. I'm really sorry. You're gonna to have to bump the flights back again. And and uh, and she was just so she was calm with it all. Don't worry. I thought that was gonna be the case. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm crying and crying. And um. And she said to me, um, she said, Do you want to talk to the children? And um. I said I can't. I can't. And I'm crying. And I just hung up. Um, I just couldn't. I just said I can't, and I, I, just, I just hung up on the satellite phone. I was just in a pretty low place that night. We all, because we all felt the same. We all had a, 
felt the same, uh, just rubbish. Got a, you know, it's not going where we want to be. And then the following morning, um, sun came up, and we're visited by a pod of about thirty or forty dolphins. Wow! And you just, you kind of, and I have got a little. I've got more spiritual in life as well, and you kind of go, was that meant to happen? And it's really, um, yeah, it's, it was emotionally. It's a proper emotional roller coaster. Yeah, I could be, mate. Thanks for sharing like in that in that way as well. Because I, I guess like, because people watch it and they see and they at the event on Saturday you're standing up and presenting forty two thousand five hundred pound and you see the the videos online and you're coming into Antigua with all the flares and everything, the excitement and stuff like that. It's those bits that you share there that that's what people don't see. That that that, oh, that yeah. side of it that you go, you know what? They're getting so sleep deprived. There's not you know lack of energy. All them things that all play on your mind. You you know lonely. Although you've got the other two there. There's t- times like you said you're doing it on your own. You just must, physically, mentally just beaten down and drained, and yet find a find that little moment where you can pick yourself up and go. Just got to go again. Yeah, and got to drive on it. It is, and it's it's a, I suppose it's a little bit of a metaphor for life, isn't it? Really. Yeah. You're going to get beaten down. Just, just get back this on the horse. The, this is the magical thing. Like, and I listen. I wonder whether how much of your business journey prepares you for something like that. Like you said, right back from the 200 sales calls where you get in, like not not quite to the state of being in Atlantic Ocean, but you know what I mean. That that type of mindset. Like I'll just keep going. I'll just keep going. Like, no matter how many times you get knocked down or whatever point you feel, right? And the same through your business journeys. Sometimes your ups and downs of running a business and all the things that, like you said, the tribunal and those bits that go, beat you down and you still pick yourself back up and you dust yourself off and you go again. And all of that, like yeah. you said, all of those things, those learnings, how much of that mindset of running businesses and your life journey getting to that point of going that helped you through that, those 49 days. Yeah, I think um, just what's you can have a bad day, but what's the option? What is the option? What do you want to do? Do you want to, you know? And and look, we again, I mentioned, you know, I've always thought, I've always thought, I'm only here once, you know. And what's the worst thing that happen? I I could die. Yeah. It's going to happen to all of us for one day anyway, yeah. and I don't mean that negative. I don't mean that flippant. I don't mean that. Yeah, I don't yeah. mean that flippantly, but um, it's better to have tried and failed than never tried at all, isn't it? You just can't. You just. I can't. I can't comprehend why. You know, people say, "Are you nuts?" You know, when we signed up for the for the row, and or some of the other challenges, it's like. No, I don't think I am nuts. And do you know what? The more I, the the more it goes on, the deeper I feel, the 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 stronger I feel about. I think you're nuts for not actually wanting to have a gut. Not necessarily yeah. something <laughs> yeah, as, yeah, as, yeah. as broad as a, as as, as Rodeo Ocean, but you know it might be a five k, or it might you know it might be couched to five k, or or what? It, I think you're nuts. You know, if you don't want to stand up and say I did this or I did that or at least give yourself a pat on the back I think you're nuts for not having a go to be honest with you you're only here once as as the world we're only here once I I, I just love that so much like for me 
because like you said what we can so many people will go through life and live in this little comfort zone of not coming out of that and just getting up and doing the same thing every day and not experiencing like i've failed so many times at so many things and yet i go i'd much rather be like when i get on my that deathbed at least i'm going to look back and go you know what i've never whatever that definition of success is going to be maybe i've never achieved that definition of success if that is fine whatever that 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 definition says but you know what i hope i hope that i will look back and go i'll give things a go i'll give it a go well the thing is the thing is uh, is there's a salesperson there's a salesperson i'm mentor or sales manager i'm mentoring before i went away on the road and um I said, have you tried this? And they go, yeah, I tried that, it didn't work. And, I, and other things, I've done this and it's not gone too well. And then we start talking about other things outside of, outside of work, you know, other, uh, that didn't work, that didn't work. Maybe, maybe I'm not right for this, maybe I'm not very good at that and all these sorts of things. And I said, well, when was that? And it's like, oh, well, that was three years ago, that was two years ago, that was six months ago, whatever it is. And, and we've all had these, you know, I go on the basis that I've probably had slightly more successes than failures mm. but it's pretty narrow you know there's <laughs> quite a lot of but then and then i say it's like well you you're not the person you were three years ago mm. you're not that person you're a different person yeah. because you've gone through those experiences because you fit, felt that way because you felt the, the the frustration or the disappointment or whatever you're a different person now mm. than you were so um and just going back to the other going back to the other thing about you know maybe when we're old and all this sort of stuff one of the books i i listened to on audiobook when i was on the row uh, is written written by an australian uh, palliative care nurse her name's bronnie ware and the book's called um the top five regrets of the dying <laughs> um and and it's fascinating it's absolutely fascinating and I wish I did this, and I wish I did that, and I wish I did. And it's like, well, don't. Yeah, I love, I love, I t- I've heard it. I've not actually read the book. But I spoke about that. Someone else had mentioned that book to me, and they said like, one, of, one of the, the number one rule of, of that was like not live the life true to myself. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I think I, um, I wish I had the courage to live the life true to myself mm. and not the one that was expected of me. I'm pretty sure that's what it is, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, And that's amazing. Like, if that is the the, the biggest regret of, of the dying, like, what are we doing? Like, just to yeah. go out and go, actually, I'm in this job that... Like, people listening to this now, they're maybe in a, in a job that they don't want to be in. They're doing things that they don't want to do. Just to go, actually, take something from there and go... This is what I want to do. Well, the other thing that the other thing is is you know you get older. I'm I'm 53. You start thinking about next chapter, next season, all these sorts of things. And and I speak to I meet people, and it's like, well, I'm gonna when I do this, and when I retire, I'm gonna do this. And it's like, really? (laughs) You're gonna be 65 years old before you go and do that? It's like, why don't you do it now? Uh, while you've got the energy, the strength, and all those sorts of things, yeah. you won't. You might not have the, you might not have the same ability to do things when mm. you're 65. So um, yeah, no, crack on, do it. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. I like. Well, look, I, I want to. I've been talking about that. Was, it's fascinating listening to that. 
period of, 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 of going across the ocean. I want to I talk, because I read a recent post that you wrote since rowing, the rowing experience, you put modern life is way too fast and complicated. On the boat, we just rowed, ate and rested. So I'm already seeking out ways I can make my life less complicated. Yeah. I'm really interested to talk about it because I've recently read a book, Can't Hurt Me, by David Goggins. And we, yeah. we sort of mentioned it before offline, Navy SEAL Ranger, ultra athlete, describes in life like we're constantly pushing and constantly trying to achieve and, and you know, with our strong mindset, there's no limits to what we can do and stuff like that. But I'm just, I'm, I'm conscious, what, what, what did you really mean by that in that sense and what... Uh, what are your thoughts on that constant pursuit of achievement that, and where you are now? Like wanting to maybe, do you want to slow down? To, I, I'm I just think there's, I think there's multiple, there's multiple strands on that. To be honest, <laughs> with you, so I think that's how maybe another podcast. No, no, there's multiple strands on it. I think, I mean, I was, it was, it was really simple life. It was really simple life. We've got these mobile phones that, I think they're just poisonous devices i mean they're they're a kind of unnecessary they're a necessary evil i think they're poisonous devices particularly for young or uh, uh, impressionable people um it, you know constantly bombarded with stuff we really we lived a really simple life on the boat and I, when i say looking about stuff you know there's there's some things that there's some things that i own that i've decided that i'm you know i'm gonna either give away or or put on ebay with my lad or or whatever um yesterday i had a lovely lovely cathartic trip to the tip um to take a load of stuff that i don't need or want clutter as much as anything Mm. else and you you know that feeling when you when you drive home from the tip and the car's empty and it's just that (laughs) simple (laughs) stuff like that and then um and and also i you know i took loads and i took loads of uh, never been a fancy dresser but lots and lots of clothes and some stuff i took them to the charity shops and it's like oh should i give that to them no let's give that to them because they can make a tenner out of that or a fiver out of that so just took a load just just i call it i just say declutter mm-hmm. declutter my life um try and simplify a few things um and, and also um i also put on that same post is is um hang out with some people or hang out with the people i want to hang out with as well it's busy and you know, we don't you know it's, and sometimes you speak to somebody it's like oh you really want to get together for dinner oh i've looked at the diaries we can't make it work until june and it's like are you for real we've got to be able to it, that doesn't work it doesn't sit with me i've got to you know i need to see you now or i need to see you next week or something you know and we all look at our diary and i've got a slot then it's like sod the slot we, let, i'll come up and see you at six o'clock in the morning we go for a walk or we'll go for breakfast or we'll do something and i just so simplify stuff and hang out more and just just declutter i, I love a good tip to the trip to trip to the tip yeah, you yeah, say yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> my yes oh, you, you're so right like like especially running a business it's like you know you not you without your phone it's like losing an arm like you like i can't i can't not have that yeah. That that thing there that that we're constantly. I, I remember talking about. But there's that. there's different things. Sorry to cut. Yeah. There's different. There's two different things, and um, there's urgent and there's important. Yeah. These things make us think that everything's urgent. Yeah. Right. But we if we sit back and look at it, once we've done responded and responded to everyone as quickly as possible, and then we've we've done everything we needed to do, and then ah, oh, hang on a minute. 
I promised I'd do such and such for my son or my daughter or my wife or I promised I did such and such for a member of staff yeah. and I got ambushed and I didn't get to that because all this crap is coming at me yeah. you know side by side all this stuff's coming at me on my mobile phone and and then and again I, I again it's again simplicity is it urgent or is it important yeah. if it's important and it needs you know then that and what sometimes also you need to think again as well what's important to to you or important to me might not you know what's important to me might not as be you know it might be small to me but it's big to you so i need to recognize that is it when i say is it important it's important to you Mm. okay if it's important to you then i need to respect that uh, as opposed to just you know um, just looking at you know it's like i challenge anyone to look at one video on youtube <laughs> you just can't. Yeah, yeah, oh, we're going to have a look at that. Oh, that yeah, looks really dumb. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you're looking at go down know, a rabbit hole people you, yeah. down. Yeah, it's just so. Um, yeah, this these things are. You know, they've got a purpose, but I think they're. I think they're really poisonous devices. Uh, you know what? Uh, so, so for me, I'm definitely coming. Uh, one of the biggest learnings, I'm, and I'm tr- really trying to take out of you know doing a podcast and other podcasts I listen to and my own sort of it's the beginning of this year I'm tr- just trying to be my goal for this year is just trying to be as present as I possibly can in the moment started meditating which I've never done before really struggle with it to be honest no, yeah, I, can't, yeah. I just can't switch off that brain just 100 mile an hour and I'm trying to just but I, it's a practice so I'm constantly learning on that but I just think listening to you, you talking I'm, I guess going back to the Went on the boat our simple life is you haven't got that you haven't you're just there in that moment and what else can you do you, I'm here I've got my two pals are having a kip I'm rowing on my own and I've just got to be in this moment <coughs> right now because all I've got to concentrate on that thing and it, it must have been for all the tough times well still like that clarity that must have been an amazing space to be in for it a, is at time I mean it's, there's highs and lows there's ups and downs and you know um but there is there is space to think, mm. and that's what we don't allow ourselves to. We don't have yeah. space to think. I mean, one of the things that um, my wife and I do, we've done it. You know, obviously COVID kind of interrupted it. But one of the things that we do um, every year is we each have a week off. So Sam will go away for a week somewhere. Mm. You know, just typically might go to the family. Fam- she's got family in the states. Might have a week off. Um, and she's talking about at the moment going for having a week um, somewhere later on in the year and I might have a week go on a I'd go on a mine my, my would be less sedate and mine wouldn't be sitting on a beach I'd be you know I'd want to try and climb a mountain or go and do, or do something like that you know but but you have a week you have a and that's a and that's something that I think you know just having a little bit of your own time is 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 a good thing or, or even just kind of try something different you know yeah I say to the I say to the children, you know, I you know, in the past you put a bit of food in front of them, and you know, all kids are a bit, my kids might be a bit fussy. It's oh, I don't like that. It's like well, yeah. you don't know that because you haven't tried it. Yeah. So yeah. I'm a great believer, and I say to I say to them, um, I've always said, you know, if you feel, taste, touch, smell, as many things as you can in life, yeah. then you can decide if you like it or not. I'm, I'm exactly the same. I say exactly the same to my cook. For, for me, I'm a massive cook. I love my food. So yeah. I love cooking. Um, Greek Cypriots, so on the recipes I was brought up on, I cook for them. And I can put stuff in front of them and they go, oh, I'm not eating that. Why? 
don't like it. You haven't tried it. Yeah. Tell totally. me, eat, eat it, totally. and then tell me you don't like it. No problem. Totally. And totally. I, I, and I, I'm not a bad cook, so half the time, and they, <laughs> they don't mind it, so it's okay. Um, the odd bit. Dad, I'm not a fan. But yeah, but it's... That's I'm, fine. If you I'm, tried I'm, it, you don't like yeah, it. I get it. That's, I, I get it. I, I'm exactly the same. I'm exactly the same. There was one thing I wanted to touch on about, and you sort of mentioned it a little bit before offline and, and, and listening to you, conversations with Sam while you was there sort of saying about felt like you, you'd been really selfish do, doing this you know you've done an amazing thing for, and changed so many people's lives with the amount of money you've raised and what you've done but you said that you felt a bit selfish because of the time that you had maybe dedicated towards the training and then yeah. going away for sort of seven weeks and, and stuff like that just t- tell me a little bit about that, that sort of mindset yeah. about I think if you want to if you chuck yourself into stuff like that, you you you, if you want to do that, you 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 end up, you do end up um, pushing yourself. You've got to push yourself quite hard. Um, there are, there are say sacrifices, and 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 all there's you know and and or you 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 are you have to be quite selfish. To, I need to do that. I need mm. to do that, and that obviously has an impact. You know, there's a positive and a negative and all that sort of stuff. Um, I didn't realise, and I said it when I was interviewed or when we got to, off the boat. I didn't realise quite how much it had taken out, and then maybe I was just walking around like a trance and too too selfish and 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 to think about it. But I didn't realise quite how much it had taken out of Sam and the children uh, until middle of last middle of last year. And obviously by that time it's too late to change anything. Not that I probably would have changed it if I've got to be honest with you. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm um, I think I didn't realise quite how much it took out of them, but also quite how much. I took from them, um, and and how how amazing you know they are for letting me do stuff like that and actually support me as well. Um, when when there's quite a few times they had no right to be that supportive and helpful. To be honest with you, and 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 I guess there's a, there is the flip side to that. And, and amazing like you said you couldn't really do it without their support no no obviously. absolutely not so you're looking at but actually how inspiring that is for especially for your kids and stuff like that to see the amount of skills that that must give them seeing their dad going I'm going to put my mind to that and I'm going to go and do something that a very small percentage of people on the planet have ever done yeah and and like you said and, and you and you hear your son stand up then at school and say that what he did. Like, yeah. There's elements of what you've you've done. That's, I, I, that's I'd like to, I'd like to think so. I'd like to think so. I mean, but you've also got to be mindful that they're their own individuals and they're their yeah, own yeah, people. Yeah. And um, so, I think what we all what do we want for our children? We want our children to be happy. Mm. Um, we want our children to feel that they've lived it, that they're living a fulfilled life. Um, I don't, I don't know whether you know. But what you don't want them to do, and the flip side of that, is I don't want them to sit there and think, well, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, and got to oh, do yeah, the no, other. No, no. And I think there's pressures there. But um, just if you're gonna, I just I mean, one thing I do, just show up. Don't. You know, when I say just show up, I mean just give the best version of you. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I list, there's a there's an amazing um, video of a guy, um, a speaker thing I've seen on YouTube, a kind of inspirational talk, magnificent talk. And I can't there's, there's this um, 
fella he's uh, like a graduation ceremony and stuff like that and um and he he got the advice from from his dad and his dad said to him he said i've got no problems with you if you aim high and miss but i've got a real issue if you aim low and hit and that's you know so i just it's like well just just if you give your best and look yourself you've got to look yourself in the mirror and be honest with me did you give your best and if you gave your best then hey I'll give you a pat on the back every day. Love that. Look, I want to. We, we've sort of we've skirted around and we've talked about you know. Sorry, it's been a bit no, untrue. No, oh, mate, <laughs> uh, it's fascinating, honestly. I can't. And, but I, I've, we've talked so many different achievements that you, you, you've had throughout the life. I, what I'm, what I'm, I'm keen on, as I said, almost unlocking that narrative around success and what that looks like to people um one of the ma- major things that i talk about on here so i, I want to look at like, obviously where you've been where you are now where you're going how do you define success i think success means different things for for different people um From someone that um, hasn't always felt, dare I say it? I, somebody, I choose my words. I, I felt probably a bit, a bit misunderstood. Um, probably felt different, um, and also the flip side of that, being angry at, at times. I think s- success is is. It's very, very different. It just means so many things for different people. I think being happy, um, being comfortable in your own skin, I think is, is, and I've not always felt comfortable in my own skin. Um, and that sounds a bit cheesy. Being a good person, just being a good human. Um, You don't have it, it. Just there's just so many judgments. You know, you can in the West. I said we said earlier on in the interview. You know, people judge success in the Western world by how much money you got in your bank account, and it's like, really, is that what it's come to? Um, you know, I used I put on my uh, when I put my face. Facebook account together somebody. What are you going to put on there? And I said, well, I don't know. Loves life and smiles a lot. Don't know. So it's. I think it, I, I just think it, it means so many different things. For, but but I just for me, I'd like to you know, try and give you, you. You're only here once. Every one of us is unique. Everyone is, and every one of us should be authentic, and every one of us should live the life that they want to live. Um, and 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 regardless of what that you know that's 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 for them. You know, it doesn't matter whether that's you know if that's business, that's personal, that's. Yeah, whatever. What, what what is success for each other is just it's just different. It's just different. And to me, it's just I just want to be the best version of me. Brilliant answer, mate. That's, I love that. I love that. You because the problem again back to phones, back to social media, back to what all that looks like. That that external validation that we crave from other people. Actually, if you are surely the element of success, if you're happy with who you are you, you you show up you're giving your best and i'm talking about life in general i show up, i give my best at whatever i'm doing every day and i'm happy with who i am as a person 
and I'm a good person. I said to them, I mean, like, it's like, I don't know, I can't remember if it was before or during this, but I mean, you know, there was a time, there was a time on the boat when we were, I was rowing on my own. You mentioned about dark times and stuff like that, and 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 the one thing about I say they. they uh, Carsten, the race director, he asked me a question. He asked me after we'd been on the, on land for a couple of days. He said, um, "Go on, mate." He said, "Give me three words about the row." And I said, "The first one was brutal. The second one was relentless. But the third one was fulfilling, in the fact that we all carry around stuff, whether we choose to admit it or not. Whether we, I mean, I I could never be a poker player because I'd just say say how I feel." Um, but we all carry stuff around, and, 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 and I feel that, and I felt, the reason I said fulfilling is that I had some stuff that had been going on in my head for a long, long time and been angry and stuff like that, but I genuinely felt I'd, I'd put it in a box during the, pro, during the, 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 the period of the, of, the, um, of the row, I'd put it in a box. And do you know what, Sam? Not only had I put it in a box, I'd put the lid down. And you know the really, really cool thing about the box is I'd nailed the fucking lid down it. I'd nailed the lid down. Sorry, I shouldn't swear Wait, like that. No I'd nailed the lid down, um, and that to me was fulfilling. And I think, and I said the other thing is, is as I was going across, um, you know, we all eat away at this, that, and the other. And and I just, I just to 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 to, to those doubts that I'd had in my own head and my heart. Um, about you know that whole um, negative thinking and that whole inferiority complex and imposter syndrome and all that sort of thing. I just I said to myself, well, if that ain't effing good enough, then I don't care. I really don't care anymore, and I mean that most sincerely. Mate, what a what a brilliant! I guess what a, if every anything, all the amazing things that's come out of that that row. One of the brilliant things listening to you talk like that surely as, a, as an individual that's got to be what actually most of us are striving for because you're right and many of us carry around so much shit with us and you actually get into a point where you go I guess a little bit at peace with yourself that mm. I can put them things in a box and I can put them away and I'm happy with, I'm dealt with that and you can actually hand on heart go I've dealt with that and you're at peace with yourself and because you Again, back to that definition of success, happiness, whatever that contentment, fulfilment, or fulfilment's got to be what ultimately we we're all trying to get to, isn't it? Mm. Just living a fulfilled life that you just go, I'm at peace with where I am. Done. Because I um, I was chat- chatted to somebody once before, and they they said uh, we were talking about relax. You know, how do you feel if you feel comfortable with yourself? And 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 you know, I'm I'm still working on that. I'm still a work in progress, but. Um, a lot of people, probably lots and lots of adults, have seen the film um, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. And there's a bit, there's a bit in the in the in the early bit of it when um, Andy Dufresne he turns up at Shawshank and, the, and I think it's was it Morgan Freeman's yeah, doing yeah. that. Morgan Freeman's in the and he goes to something like it's fair to say I liked Andy to start, and the fact he just walked around the uh, he walked around the the. the call it a playground, whatever you call it, yeah, <laughs> you know, the, the, yard. Yeah, the yeah. yard, walked around the yard and he said he just had a, didn't have a care in the world and he was obviously completely comfortable with his skin and, and, and somebody said to me, how do you feel about that? I said, oh, I want to be like Andy Dufresne in Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> 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 so, 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 completely. I love that, I love that. 
That's a great analogy. <laughs> I love that. Look, mate, we're, cut, we're, we're coming towards the end, so before we finish up with our quick-fire questions, a couple of last little bits I want to ask. So this one, I want to... If you could go back in time to one specific moment in your life, what would it be and why? I think it would be the day... The day that I stood, I stood on the deck of the trawler that I worked on, and we went out to um, one of the other that I mentioned earlier on. One of the guys died on the boat, uh, on on the boat that they worked on, and uh, there was a burial at sea, and it was out of, of um, I know exactly where it is. It's a there's a there's a piece in an area they call the graveyard, and it's 8.1 miles due south of New Haven Harbour and um, this area this area that they've got there 8.1 miles 8.1 miles immediately due south of New Haven Harbour I've I've actually opened a couple of talks with it and and the the guy had requested a burial at sea and um, I just remember looking over the side and this coffin and it kind of thought that it was going to go over the side and just sort of <clears throat> go like that swing side to side down and it just went over the side and went whoosh uh, straight down to the bottom and um, I just and it was the part, kind of the fact that he wasn't an old man you know he's a, probably um, he had two young children 40 or so something like that and um, life's precious and it, it, that that I mean I'm I'm shooting the hit. I'm sure there are other memories, but that that one it's stuck in my head. If that makes sense, yeah, and that's yeah, probably yeah. why I mention it. Yeah, well, well, fair, mate. Well, look, before we go to quick part questions, what what does the future hold for Matt Garman? Uh, I'd like to say continue, but continue continuing trying to be a good husband trying to be a good father uh, trying to be a good role model um, and I say that deliberately before any work or professional stuff um, I would say um, I want to do more speaking and that's not an ego thing um, I've still got to earn a bit of a living um, but I also as part of that speaking I'd actually like to um, I'd like to. Um, I'd like to do a, uh, some more speaking to groups of young people. I don't just mean schools. Maybe people that are not quite feeling the self worth that, that perhaps they could do. I'd like to do a little bit more of that. I don't know what that looks and feels like yet. Um, and um, I've still got some 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 businessy type things I'd like to do as well. Um, I'd like to. Sp- you know, I've got. I come back. Um, I've booked three trips away with my wife. Looking forward to that. Um, booked a summer holiday. I'm probably still travelling, um, working hard. Um, but I, I'd come back. Yeah, probably trying to be a a a, a, a good husband, a good uh, father, role model, and 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 stuff like that. I think. If it, I want to ask you, if I had ask you that question that we, we I guess we always want to be that if I'd asked you that maybe five or ten years ago would that would that have been your first answer uh, uh, again no, then? A- absolutely no absolutely not 
I do feel more. Uh, I feel more mature, a lot more mature in my thinking. Um, I feel I'm I'm a lot more aware of. Probably because of the row, I'm a, I'm a lot more aware and mindful of people around me. And when I say people around me, I mean people I care about, mm. um, and also people that have just been introduced to my life. I want to give the best version of me, and I want to give them. Um, you know, I don't know what a fulfilling life is, but you know, I it's not all about it's not all about ourselves, is it? Um, so, um, no, I definitely wouldn't have answered that then, and um, I'm probably embarrassed to say that I wouldn't have answered it like that. But it's probably no different to anyone else on the, on the podcast. Hundred percent, and it's really interesting because, like I said, I read that, that that those ten points that you put on that that recent blog that you put, which was really fascinating to read, and and. It, it, interesting to hear you say, and that's one of the reasons I ask. Because I, I think similar. Like the first thing that would come to my mind, maybe a few years back, was exactly like, different to that. You, you think that's people's automatic answer, but when you're in business and when you're doing things, you do. You go, yeah, oh, what's the future? Well, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and blah, blah, blah. But the first thing that comes to your mind then was, I, I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good father, and that's my that that is my main priority because ultimately when it all said and done like, like you said all the things that we can go through life and achieve is surrounding people by the people that you love and, well and it's a bit like friends. I mean we're, we're hypocrites at times when we immerse ourselves in business we're hypocrites because why are you doing it I'm doing it for my family mm. why are you doing it you know um, well so I can do this so I can do that so I can provide them with all those sort of things and do you know what what most people they just they want your time in a positive way they want your yeah. time uh, and, and, and we're hypocrites because we're doing all of this, doing all of this, but it's like, well, you haven't got time to sit and have breakfast with your children. It's like, come on. Yeah. That's what's important. Because at some stage yeah. we're all going to stop working and, and, you know, what what pays the bills pays the bills. But, yeah, I think those sorts of those sorts of things. And, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, hip, I'm a hypocrite because if you'd asked me that question 10 years ago, you wouldn't have got the same answer. But I'm, you know... That's the answer now. That's you only asked me the question just now, so I give you the answer. But I love it. I love it, and I love that. That's because, like I said, I'm on. For someone that's always been ambitious and always striving, always on that treadmill and I'm 100 mile an hour, spinning the plate, blah, 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 all them things. One of the things I've taken from from especially from this episode, but probably over the course of the podcast and the people I've spoke to, is actually not. That don't stay on that treadmill too much because just appreciate what's around you and and that hence why I'm trying to be more present as much as I possibly can. I have to check in with myself. I do. I am on the phone. I am doing that when I'm with the kids and I'm like, I need to check in with totally, stop doing that. Totally. It's, uh, totally. It's gold. Look, look, we're gonna we're gonna finish up with our quick fire questions as we always do um, before we wrap up. So, first one: one piece of advice you give to your teenage self. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Love that. Love that. Who has inspired you in your career and why? There's two people that come to mind. Um, this sound, and this not in a career. This is just in my life. One, when I was, before we moved, this is, so I must have been about eight or nine years old. And um, 
at school we had the school rugby team and we were we were pretty good and um he just we were pretty good we won most games but, and um he made me captain because one of the guys um i can't remember he was ill or he wasn't there for that game mm. and um and one of the other kids said, why have you made Matt captain? And he said, I, I believe in him. Wow. Uh, the second one is my late uncle. My late uncle, when I moved to Seaford, uh, I was about 11, obviously not, already not doing what great, or you know, not really knowing what to do, new town, is he gonna go off the rails and stuff like that. My late uncle, um, he, he was very well known, well known local, um, John Darling. He's well known for uh, photography, writing, shooting, fishing, uh, those sorts of things. And um, and at a time when I could have gone off the rails, you know, he kind of put his arm around me, and um, and he, you know, he taught me how to catch a bass down at Cookmere Haven. Um, he took me lamping for rabbits. Um, yeah, and, and, and he gave me time. You know, and I say that lamping and rabbits. We walked down, if anyone knows the area, we walked down from Seaford Head, the car park, and we walked down Hope Gap, and we were lamping. It was about 10, 11 o'clock at night. So John's got an air rifle, and I've got a headlamp, and um, I've got a headlamp, and he used great for improvising. So we had a, this is way before the high tech, so we had an old motorcycle battery with the wires going up to what was a motorcycle headlamp, and it was, it was, taped around his head and he goes right we're going to go and we're going to go lamping and, and hopefully catch a bag of rabbit and um, or two and uh we walked all the way down towards hope gap from the car park through the valley and looking left and right down up left and right nothing to be seen nothing to be seen and he did it slowly it took about 30 minutes to get down to the bottom and he said well what do you think and i said well they're obviously not out tonight john this is when I was about 11 years old. <laughs> and he said, you numb that. And I said, what? And he said, right. He said, I'll tell you why we've not had any rabbits, or not seen any rabbits. He said, firstly, he said, we're walking down with the wind and they can smell us. And secondly, he said, that bloody zip of yours is twanging as we walk down the hill. <laughs> I said, why didn't you tell me? He said, if I'd have told you, you wouldn't have learned. So we walked back up from, we then walked back up. Oh my God, it was like a scene from Watership Down. <laughs> <laughs> they were everywhere. They were everywhere. And um, wow. yeah, and it was just the fact that I reflect on that. And, and um, I mean, he, he died from a brain tumor way too young, but the fact that somebody had given me time, really. Amazing. Amazing. Well, um, can can you recommend a book or a podcast to our listeners that has had an impact on your life? Um, I read, um, I read or I listened to because it would have been way too heavy for me to read it, and I'd have put it down. But I read, listened to uh, Twelve Rules for Life by Jordan Jordan Peterson, mm. and um, I think it's a magnificent book, absolutely magnificent book. 
Uh, I know he's got some kind of right wing sort of views at times, but some of some of it is just years and years of collation of data and information from various sources. And I think it's a fantastic book. Absolutely fantastic book. Brilliant. Brilliant. That's on the list. Final one, mate. What's your one rule for living a fulfilled life? Can I give you two? You can. The first one is actually from that 12 Rules to Life. And that is judge yourself from the person that you against the person you were yesterday not who someone else is today and that's and that's one and then the second thing is give more than you take Brilliant. mate what a, what a way to to round up our I'm a little bit blown away, to be honest. It was what a brilliant episode. It's, it's going to be a reason why this is going to be the longest recorded episode that I've done. <laughs> because, mate, I could sit here and talk to you for another two, three hours. It was absolutely brilliant. And thank you for look, just showing so much vulnerability, openness with me and, and sharing your absolutely incredible journey um, through business. But the amazing challenges you've done and, and the impact that you've had on so many people's lives with what, what you've what you've achieved and uh you were a real inspiration and honestly it's been it's been an absolute honor to have you on and have this conversation so mate thank you so much thanks thanks for having me thank you very very much mate it's been awesome it's been good and fun that, and that as they say is a wrap this County Business Talks podcast, produced by H2 Productions.